Welcome back, guys. This is Mountain Meditations. I am Chris. I'm Tristan. This is our second episode so far in this podcast. Um, our first second ep- ever. At, yeah, ever. Definitely the second one. Yes, for um, sure. <laughs> the uh, this is the first season. Um, so we're talking about different topics. We're talking about why things are popular. Uh, last time we talked about Super Smash Brothers Melee for the Nintendo GameCube rated T for Teen, and right now we're going to be talking about what? We're going to be talking about lifting, which is one of the things that me and Chris initially bonded over. Yes. Um, the first time I ever saw Tristan, he was curling a chair. So That's not even a joke. <laughs> and he was I was wearing I was wearing my reps for Jesus tank top I was about at to an App State gaming club meeting <laughs> curling a chair for a meme. I was like, this is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at it and you knew you found a kindred spirit. <laughs> so we're gonna be talking about why weightlifting, weight trading, and stuff like that is popular. Yeah. And basically Part of it boils down to self-improvement, in my opinion. You could see a lot of uh, the self-improvement tropes and other stuff like uh, superhero movies and yeah. anime and stuff like that. Yeah. And and that's the thing. Like, you're looking at all of these really cool physiques a lot. You know, you're, you know, you watch Dragon Ball Z, for example. Those dudes oh, are yeah. jacked. <laughs> and it's insane. And then, like, you watch, you know, real-life things. You watch actual people like you watch Hugh Jackman as Wolverine you know um Michael B. Jordan in uh, the Black Panther movie um Henry Cavill in um Superman like all these really big dudes and you look at that and you're like that's what I want to look like you know I want to look like a superhero ever since I was yeah, a kid something- I wanted to be Superman okay yeah, there's something really primal about it. There's something very natural and intrinsic to just wanting to be bigger and yeah. stronger than other people. And obviously, it's there's a reason that we find it so, I guess, attractive is the word. I don't, like, we find it so appealing is because it represents that you are strong enough to take care of yourself and take care of your family. So that's an evolutionary thing in our brains that's saying, this guy is the top of the food chain this is the man right here because he can protect his family. Exactly. And everybody wants to be at the top of the food chain. And humans are evolutionarily designed to look at some of these things. Like when they're searching for a mate, when they're uh, sizing up other men to see how they would uh, realistically stack up against them, eyes are immediately drawn to certain muscles like traps, shoulders, arms and chest and stuff like that. Shoulders. Mostly shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the one thing <laughs> if you're gonna train nothing else in your life just do shoulders all day i really believe that but anyways okay um so what, so for one it's the aesthetics of it yeah it's like how it looks what it represents it's also exactly i'd argue that it's really easy so here's the, here's the thing it's not easy to go to the gym every single day you know um right that that's obvious like it's hard sometimes to drag yourself into the gym it's hard to find that motivation and you're not going to have the motivation every single time um 
you know, you're, you don't, every time you go to the gym, you're not just like ready to go gangbusters and lift the heaviest weight all the time. Sometimes it sucks and you don't want to go. Yeah. But, um, you know, everyone, pretty much everyone in America has access to a gym of some sort, you know, um, right. If, if you're not doing well with money, obviously it can be kind of hard to do that, but there are always planet fitnesses. And despite the memes, you know, yes, they don't have free weights most of the time, but you know, you can still have an actual workout there. That's, that's part of it is like easily accessible to all people pretty much. And so it's also easy in the way that sometimes I go to the gym and I like, I don't move. If that makes sense, you can do a chest workout and you can be like, like you're moving obviously, but like you do not move from a small space for a very long time. Like, it's not like you're running a mile. It's not like you're, uh, you know, like jumping over things. And I think that kind of makes it easy in a way because it's like for a bench press, you're literally lying down and yeah, it hurts when you're like straining really hard and it's heavy, but it's like a different kind of straining that some people enjoy and then i've talked to some people that just say that lifting is boring for that very reason right and lifting lifting and having a good physique being really strong can also come down to a a symbol of status i remember arnold schwarzenegger said that having a great physique was a status symbol because when you see a guy with a really great physique when you see a woman with a really great physique you know they had to earn that you can't get you can be born rich but you can't be born jacked aside yeah. from some kind of a myostatin deficiency. <laughs> exactly. You can be, you can be born artistically talented, but you can't be born with uh, nice delts and huge traps. I think that a lot of it comes down to a status symbol. And I think that a lot of people uh, really like the idea of being the guy that goes to the gym, the girl that goes to the gym, the guy or girl that's really strong, mm-hmm. the guy or girl that looks really great. Yeah. When people when you take your shirt off at the beach, people look at you and they they look impressed, and that's fun. <laughs> it's hard to not make it a part of your identity, though. I'd say um, you there is a point where you can go too far. Is lift you know if lifting is like all that you have, then that can that can get a little bad. And you know there is something that people call bigorexia, which is a sort of humorous term for someone that feels like they're not big enough constantly. And of course we have people that are using, you know, performance enhancing drugs to get the physiques that they want. And of course those can be used safely. Um, but it can get a little dangerous at times and lead to an early death. Unfortunately, only 5% of people are willing to do whatever it takes, uh, to get what they want. That's very true. A great man once said that. May he rest great, in peace. Great man. Peace be upon him. And it's not just like the symbol, and it's not just like the aesthetics of it. Working out, uh, when you're growing up, you want to be a cool guy. You want to have a lot of friends when you're in middle school and you're high school. It's a new environment, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's like ways to do that. You can join clubs. You can be cool. And if you're, <laughs> if you're hanging out with a bad crowd, a way to like be cool is to do things that that bad crowd does. Maybe all your buddies from elementary school, maybe now they're all uh, out dealing pot and you just want to fit in. There's nothing wrong with that. So you have to do that sort of thing. But lifting is the only thing, one of the very few things in this world where you can really, you can gain that kind of status and you can gain that kind of uh, aesthetics and you can gain 
you can gain all that without the cost to your health. And in fact, a great benefit to your health. Yeah. You're never going to, it's very hard to sacrifice your health in the gym. You have to make mistakes in the gym. But if you go to the gym and you do it right, you're going to live a little longer mm-hmm. and you're going to have a greater quality of life for it. Yeah. And, and another thing you mentioned status, that's a really good point. I wanted to talk about that. Um, you, you literally reach another point when lifting is, becomes a part of your life because people look at you differently. You know, they can see, like you said, um, they have more respect for you, but also like people are sort of they're like these rose colored glasses. It's like they're enamored by the fact that like you look better because it's been proven that people who are more physically attractive, people that look more physically fit, um, are going to be seen as more responsible, um, you know, all kinds of things like that. They're going to be seen as, like, funnier. And I, there's a guy at work um, that, you know, I see on a day-to-day basis, and I hear him talk to people. He's I've never heard him say an intelligent thing once. Right. He only says... Like, he makes these really dumb jokes, and it's just like everyone just thinks he's the funniest guy. And it's because he is. Just just at me next time, Chris. (laughs) And it's because he has these giant arms. And so everyone just like laughs at every single one of his jokes. Like, they all think he's hilarious. And I, I think that's part of it. It's like you're, you know, people just look at you and they're like drawn to you despite what you you know, what your personality is like. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That's hype. I like that's that. That's pretty cool. For people that yeah. have bad personalities, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's finally our way, their way out. <laughs> their way out of this purgatory <laughs> that is social ineptitude. And it's it's fun to be a part of something, too, because when you first get into, like, going to the gym, what are you going to learn about? You're going to learn, like, the inside stuff, the inner circle. Yeah. What's a funny thing that happens in the gym? What's a funny meme that you can talk about with your buddies in the gym? Oh, that guy's curling in the squat rack. What an idiot. Oh, this guy. That's your turn to add me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This guy guy doesn't eat or sleep enough. He really needs to do that. You know, you can learn about nutrition, but you, you join this community. And you can go through the inner circles and maybe you can go, you can take it a couple of different ways. Maybe you're going to just be your average Joe's at the gym, just trying to get better. And that's great. Yeah. Or maybe you're going to try to really go, really go all in, become a bodybuilder and try to sculpt a physique that can uh, stand up to others in a, in a realistic competition. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're just going to be a power lifter yeah. and you leave humanity behind and just lift heavy weight <laughs> because you need to lift heavy weight. And I think that there is a a primal caveman need to be able to make things move when they don't want to move. Fighting gravity, essentially. So there's a lot of different reasons why weightlifting can be uh, why weightlifting can be attractive to certain people. And I'll be the first to say, for me, uh, it was a pretty normal story. I started lifting to get girls. Mm-hmm. And I, the thing I always said was I started lifting, it was my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I always told people, you know, I want to get really strong because yeah. I'm playing soccer. Yeah. I've been playing soccer for about 13 years at this point. Mm-hmm. I've been playing soccer and I want to play for college. And I want to really just take soccer as far as I can go. I love this game. I love playing it. I want to be the best I can be. And I'm going to go 
I want to like I saw um, this professional soccer player from Spain. He was born in the same city as my dad, and he uh, won a big tournament. And he went home and he gave the trophies to his mom. And I said, "Yeah, that's what I want. I want to win a big trophy and I want to give it to my mom and seem like a cool dude." <laughs> and I figured, well, if I can't win that trophy, I mean, at least I get a bunch of girls in college. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> And I never got that trophy, but you know what I did get? Crippling body dysmorphia. <laughs> a lot of people get into lifting uh, to get back at an ex, to look better for the opposite sex. And it's not the worst thing that you can do. Like I said, yeah. lifting has a lot of really great health benefits. If your buddy said... If somebody came up to me, a friend of mine that I didn't ever exercise, said, you know what? This girl's real cute. I'm going to get jacked so that she's impressed. Uh, and a lot of people think that it's kind of a shallow thing to do. But the way I see it is like this. It's a great health benefit. If your boy's addicted to meth and he says, hey, my nurse at rehab is super cute. I'm going to stick with it to impress her. Are you going to say, no, that's shallow, dude? <laughs> No, you're not going to do that. It's like, good for you, dog. I know that's a stupid example, but <laughs> it's you're taking a sedentary lifestyle, which is a health risk, and turning turning that around, becoming an active person. Yeah. No matter what you're doing, you're making like you're bettering yourself. So it it you're the only way to go is up at this point. You know. It's all about the progress. It's about the journey, yeah. rather than destination. One of the things that I brought up in the last podcast was that if you're trying to lose weight, the amount of weight that you lose becomes irrelevant if you do it right. Because like with like with losing weight, if you're if you're trying to get bigger and get stronger, the actual numbers that you put up, they're pretty much irrelevant as long as you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what the numbers are, if you're doing it right, they'll go up. Right. And they won't stop going up. Yeah. You can be like me and start out bench pressing 105 pounds at the maximum at your absolute peak and now 135 pounds is a warm-up that you don't really think about right and that's because i was doing it right mm -hmm. you know regardless of where you start it's about what you do in the middle that really counts yeah that's it's hard though when you're first starting out because you don't know anything you know like you're you're like hey i'll just go into the gym uh, you know, we know a couple of people like this. I'll just go in the gym and I'll just do some curls and I'll do some abs and I'll look good. And they don't know, you know, a lot that goes into it. It's like, hey, you know, you have to build a nice frame for that picture. You know, you've got to build up everything else. It's not just about arms and abs. Even though that's what our eyes are drawn to, there are, there's more to it than that. But also, like, that's probably one of the biggest uh reasons that people stay in the gym i think because if you take uh an art form or like a competition like soccer no one could ever be the absolute best at soccer no one could ever be perfect at soccer you could never do that it's true. and there's a lot of like it's hard to be good at going to the gym and be good at exercising because it takes a lot of study it takes a lot of work you have yeah. to gain a lot of experience you're going to be doing it for a while before you really even have sort of a clue of what you're doing to this day I still find information that like just conflicts with things that I had held in like high regard and beliefs that I had held all the time. Uh, absolutely conflicts with it, mm -hmm. and that's kind of hype because like you can never truly master exercise. Yeah, you can never truly just be the best at it. Mm -hmm. There's always something new to find. Yeah. There's always another another way to go. Yeah, 
And that's that's what makes it difficult, but that's also what makes it challenging and more fun. And, you know, we, we talk about, like, routines, stuff like that. Um, you know, finding what's best for you. You have to be eating right. You have to be sleeping right. You know, you do have to learn a lot of things. And also, not, you know, nobody starts at the same level. We all started somewhere different. And we will all finish somewhere different because of our genetics. And things are, you know, we can't, it's kind of a cop-out to blame things on genetics, but in terms of bodybuilding, um, they matter. There are certain things. A ton, actually. It's like everything, pretty much. I've known, I know this one guy who um, is, he's about 6'3". He's just like, he just got into lifting less than a year ago. Um, I've been lifting about five or six years. He's already bigger than me. Um, his his arms are huge, and he, he, he I asked him. I here's here's what I did. I asked him what his routine was. I was like, "Hey, what have you been doing lately?" And he said, "Steroids." No, here's the thing. He said, "You know, I've just been doing some curls, and I go to Smoothie King, and they have this uh, peanut butter smoothie that I really enjoy." And I sat there. I, think I hate that guy. And I stared at this man, and. This, this anger boiled within me. I was in envy <laughs> and just all these emotions came boiling flooding within me too, through me. <laughs> and you know what? I realized there's nothing I could do about that. Like you can try as hard as you want and someone's going to be better than you. And like, that's okay. Cause it's not really a race. It is very frustrating though. Um, that's, that's just an L that you have to hold ex- from birth. Exactly. Like, this is your your dad and your granddad's fault. Like, blame yeah. them. <laughs> it's like when Patrick said that one episode of Sponge was like, you gave me the ugly. <laughs> this curse you have bestowed upon me. <laughs> There's some things that you can, like, ascribe to genetics, like muscle insertions and stuff like yeah. that. And that sucks. You never want to figure out that you were out of the game before it even started. <laughs> you don't want that. If I'm going to lose, I want to lose because I earned a loss. And if right. I'm going to win, I want to earn a win because I want to get a win because I earned it. Yeah. But sometimes you're like my chest genetics and just poor, horrible, just the <laughs> absolute worst that can happen. And sometimes you're like my abdominal genetics, which are pretty much perfect. Okay. So even though I've gained cool, a lot of cool weight, mostly in fat, here. they still show up for no reason. Pretty much perfect. <laughs> if I was a girl, I would have godlike weight loss or godlike fat distribution because most of my fat goes into my upper chest and my butt. I missed being a perfect genetic specimen by one chromosome. This sucks. If I had the young XX chromosome, ooh, I'd be killing it. <laughs> It would be over for all of you hoes. <laughs> You're so fucking lucky. <laughs> and that's that's the reality of it. Yeah. Sometimes you get screwed by genetics yeah. and that's all there is to it. But the the beauty of it is that most people are highly ignorant about these things. Like when when someone who to the untrained eye when they look at someone who has muscles, they're not they don't know what an insertion is. You know, by the way, for people that don't know, that's where the muscle uh, begins and ends. So, for example, well, here is one thing that is noticeable. When people have very high bicep insertions, you'll notice that it looks sort of like a little ball when, when they're flexing it. It's like just this tiny soft ball. 
Um, but people that would have longer bicep insertions, it would uh, insert all the way down at uh, their elbow. And so you can kind of notice that, but it's not something that you really think about. And I think that's the beauty of it is that unless you're going into like bodybuilding, if you're just doing this casually, no one cares. Like you, you still look great. You know, you still look better than yeah. 90% of the population. So don't worry about it's that great. kind of stuff. No one, no one really, caring. that's the great thing about it. The genetics can matter, but only to the point where you're trying to be a professional bodybuilder. Right. And if that's, if that's your dream, go for it and yeah. kill it. But if you just want to get a little stronger, to look a little better, you know, he, you can just completely skip over that part. Mm -hmm. Genetics don't matter. You can do that. Yeah. That's no big deal. Yeah. Chances are your goals will never be obstructed by your genetics. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Well, they will only be time, obstructed. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time they will only be obstructed by your, uh, lack of knowledge, your mentality, your, your mindset, mentality, your mindset. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all a mindset. It really is. It's all a mindset. And I think that's a, a good jumping off point. I think the way a lot of people really get inducted into the lifting and fitness community is by people on YouTube. Yes. Uh, for example, we have our Lord and Savior, Rich P Rich Piana, mm -hmm. peace be upon him. Yeah. Rick the Stick Boo. <laughs> Sticky Rick Boogenhagen. <laughs> uh, you know, it's and Chris watches a lot of this stuff. You I have a lot a of, of it. different people. And it's actually a great thing because it's a lot of different people giving you a lot of different and usually solid advice on yeah. stuff that you can do to really get the edge. Maybe maybe your chest isn't developing uh, the way you really want it to. Well, you can look at some people who have really nice chest. Scott Herman go, Fitness, for example. Scott Herman Fitness. You can look at him. You can see what he does. Yeah kind of compare what are you doing is it different is the intensity different yeah is he doing different exercises stuff like that mm -hmm. and you can go to eric buchenhagen to get caffeine injected directly into your heart <laughs> via hypodermic needle the hypodermic needle that is his voice his beautiful angelic voice and if you just want to watch a big curly-haired man do a bunch of flips and talk nonsense you can go to jujimufu exactly I was going to mention him, actually, because I've been watching some of his videos lately. Um, yeah, he's just, he's a lot of fun. You know, Tom, obviously, is a, a big part of it. Tom is his sidekick, essentially, that, uh, you know. <laughs> sidekick? <laughs> he's, he's learning the ways of lifting. Um, that's the way I like to think of them as, like, the superhero and the sidekick. Um, but, yeah, they're that's just really entertaining. Um, you've got some other people. You've got... Uh, like I mentioned, Scott Herman Fitness, you know, just like the standard kind of here's what you need to do to get a big chest. And then he'll tell you the proper form for a barbell bench press. And like, there you go. And that's like the classic, you know, back when back when Scooby was big, um, he, he did the same thing. It was like, here's how to do a pull up, you know, like here's how to do a deadlift. Another thing that's really nice. Uh, if you're trying to get into the gym, people are generally really, really nice in the gym. Yeah. People are generally, like fitness people on YouTube, they're mm -hmm. really nice too. Because if you go to a jacked guy and he's just huge and imposing and intimidating, yeah. and you ask him like questions about the gym, you will make his day. Mm -hmm. Because he's it's it's the validation that he probably wants. Yeah, He wants people to think that he's strong and big. And he, 
genuinely probably really enjoys helping Mm -hmm. and really enjoys like showing these new people what to do. Yeah. People in the gym are pretty nice. They are. They're surprisingly nice. You you think that they're because they're very big and intimidating. You're scared. You're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what to do. Uh, There's so many like weights and machines and I have no clue what's going on. The big guys actually will help you out most of the time. I can't speak for all of them, but I'd say most of them are very nice guys, surprisingly, because, you know, you look at them and they're angry. They're full of testosterone. They're lifting those weights, you know, like they're straining. You have to hate the weights a little. Yeah, you do because you're fighting them. So, yeah, but, you know, they're usually nice guys. I'm going to throw a curveball here. Let's just totally change the subject here. Because right, I wanted to bring up something, like, so we can talk more specifically about lifting. When we talk okay. about exercises in particular, what would you recommend? What do you say are the best three exercises for making yourself look better for aesthetics? All right. The best three exercises, the objective list. Uh-oh. First off, deadlift. Oh, second, I... rotator cuff extensions. <laughs> and third, planks. Oh, no. All right, now the real list. So, okay, this is, I just made that list to make Chris laugh. All right, for the record, those exercises are good for you, especially the rotator cuff one. I would really, really recommend doing your rotator cuffs. It's very important that doesn't get injured, but those won't really help you build any mass. So for mass, this is kind of off the top of my head. I didn't think too much about this, but I put lateral raises, freedom press, and lat pull down. Okay. Because I think that the lateral raises... We'll get your deltoids popping out. That's my guy. The freedom press will get your triceps. And triceps are, your triceps make up more of your arm than your biceps. They'll always look bigger than your biceps. So you'll your arms will come out, your delts will come out, and that'll flow down your arms. And then the lateral raises works on your lats. So you can develop uh, like a really good frame with that. You can develop that frame. And then from there, you can just cut weight until your abs shine through. Then you've got that really nice v taper triangle with a good outline in the frame you got your abs and you've got a physique that is godlike to normie standards Mm -hmm. okay all right chris what's your list all right i'm gonna hit you with these i'm gonna go through each single one so i'm gonna start with weighted pull-ups or just pull-ups in general um pretty much the same thing as lat pull-downs uh yeah kind of yeah definitely but there is a difference is that you're moving through space um and you're also Lifting your own weight, which I feel like is more of a mental thing than anything else. The thing I dislike about the lat pulldown, I, I like it that you can get the mind-muscle connection really going. You know, like you can focus on, hey, my lats are contracting. But you don't get that, like, that primal, like, I'm moving myself through space and there is heavy weight dragging from my body um, that you get with weighted pull-ups. So you... Something, I I like the neutral grip the best. So neutral grip would be that your hands are facing each other, essentially. Um, And so this, the weighted pull-ups work like every single good muscle pretty much in your body. So you actually get some rear delt activation. Rear delts are really good for um, when people are looking at you from the back. Um, And, of course, the primary movers in the weighted pull-up are going to be your latissimus dorsi, uh, your lats. So... The, the part, like the wing part of your back. It looks like you've got little wings. Um, so, the you know, like Tristan said, that's going to really enhance your V-taper. It's going to make your waist look smaller. It's going to make your shoulders look big. Um, also, it's working your forearms because you're going to be gripping, especially if you're doing the neutral grip, and you've got maybe you can do some fat grips attachments or something like that. So you're, 
you're having to grip harder. I've, I saw a lot of forearm development from doing uh, weighted pull-ups specifically. And you get your biceps. And so, you know, that all around, this, it's a really good exercise. I actually get, like, an oblique soreness from doing weighted pull-ups as well. So you do get a little bit of abs there because you're having to, like, keep your body somewhat rigid. Um, pull-ups are insane. I... Um, so Omar Esoft, when we're talking about YouTubers, Omar Esoft did 10,000 pull-ups in a year, I think was his uh, goal. And after he completed it, the results are there. I can post a link down in the description. Um, his back looks ridiculous. It's like, it looks massive. And you, you get, you know, you get that kind of frequency going. You do something every single day. Not only are you going to get good at the movement itself, but you're also going to get those huge gains from it. Um, next Next one. So we got weighted pull-ups, lateral raises, of course. Um, one, one quick thing. What? Weighted pull-ups are alpha as fuck. Yes. Because it's just, you're too strong for your own body. So you have to <laughs> add weight to yourself. <laughs> hanging by your nutsack. <laughs> yes, exactly. And All right, what was the next one? Lateral raises. Because these... Yep. So I want to talk about these. I did lateral raises every single day over one summer and I did like close to a hundred every day and that doesn't you know I I had a 15 pounder and I would carry it <laughs> like everywhere with me pretty much I, I seen it I seen this yes and when Tristan and I would go to the gym I would carry it around with us and I would be doing lateral raises between every set of what we were doing um and what that does is it like it's this this thing called nucleus overload that people are talking about a little bit. So it's, you know, there is science behind it. I'm not going to go into that because it's a little, it gets a little bro sciencey. But um, so it's basically another term for high frequency training. So it's like increasing the amount of nuclei in the muscle. So a lot of people are sort of against it. Like we've got two sides to it. Um, for example, this guy from uh, Tiger Fitness, Mark uh, LeBliner. He said that his arms were his weakest point. Um, he, he's on YouTube, by the way. Um, he said he trained his biceps and triceps five times a week, and they are still his weakest body part. Um, so he, he said that like it, that was supposed to prove everything wrong, like everything <laughs> we just talked about was incorrect. <laughs> um, the, the reason that's factually incorrect and somewhat ignorant, I would say, is that to say it makes your weakest body parts magically your best part, body parts is a little bit ridiculous because you can't expect something to fix your proportions. I would say that genetics somewhat decide how we're going to look no matter what we do. So for, you know, a lot of us natural lifters have somewhat smaller arms, but we can be, you know, some people who are shorter, um, you know, people with longer arms are going to be, they're going to look a little lankier, you know, in comparison to their bodies. So we would call that a torso dominant person. So when they work out, uh, for example, when they do the bench press, instead of their triceps um, working the most, it would be their, their torso, their chest that is doing most of the work. I'm one of these people, um, I, I would say that probably 70%, I, I just pulled that out of thin air, 70% of lifters are torso dominant people. Um, but That makes sense. Yeah. So, wait a minute. So, nucleus overload, I believe in it because when I did it, this is just, you know, Totally my own experience, but I've heard a lot of people that have been doing it as well. I did it for both pull-ups and lateral raises. When I did it for lateral raises, 
my delts got very, very big in proportion to the rest of me. Um, and that's just it. So I, when, whenever people like ask me to like give them advice and it's sort of ridiculous to tell someone to do something so much, but it really does work. You don't have to do it to get big, but you know, so lateral raises, I like them better than overhead press. Um, overhead press is more of a front delt mover. So, you know, you can like the front delts are important because if you look, they'll give you, they'll have that shadow that's cast over your biceps and it makes your, you know, your whole delt looks like it's popping. Um, so, you know, it, it is, the overhead press is important and I'd say rear delt exercises are extremely important as well, uh, to keep your, to aid in, uh, retraction of the scapula, uh, pulling your shoulders back. Uh, it even helps in the bench press when you're pulling your shoulders back so you can execute the proper bench press form. Um... I need to move on. Speaking of bench press, my third and final, uh, well, this was sort of a tie, but uh, my third exercise was decline bench. And the reason I like the decline Decline bench, bench. yes, the decline bench. And, you know, people don't like this because everyone says that the incline bench is the best thing ever because it works your upper chest. It it gives you that, you know, they they call it the plate of armor. This Greg Kino body is um, someone that... I really like on YouTube. He's kind of narcissistic, but in like a way that is really appealing and like you like him <laughs> because he's so like, he's just rich and he's, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that's it. He's like rich I, and jacked and it's like you, you just have to like him, you know? I love incline bench. It's the best. I, it's. Don't listen to this heathen <laughs> and his bullshit. <laughs> It's just, it's such an uncomfortable movement. I dislike it. I don't know. You you need that, like, lower pec development. You need that. Because it gives you that, like, shadow. You know, that that when the lower pec is filled out, that's when it really looks powerful. If you've got these, like, you know, if you only work out your upper chest. If you've, you know, if you only do incline bench. It's a next level V-taper. It's, it's going to look, like... It'll look good. I'm not saying people are going to look bad. I just personally enjoy the uh, lower peg development more. And there was a tie here because I couldn't decide between decline bench and cable rows. And the reason I like cable rows so much is forearms. Forearms are very important. People don't seem to realize this. Forearms are. The reason it it also helps with your V-taper, I'd say it's one of the most important... Um, muscle groups for your V-taper, you know, shoulder to width ratio. Right. Because when your arms are hanging by your side, um, they're next to your waist, and, like, in proportion, you're seeing these giant forearms, and then you see a tiny waist. It makes the waist look even smaller. Um, But I like cable rows because you can overload them a lot. You can do really heavy weight. You can work on that stretch because, like, when you're reaching the end of the movement, you know, your arms are stretched out in front of you, you can feel your lats just, like, pulling. And I, I used to love to just hold that there and feel that stretch. Just an amazing exercise. I, I always like it. And I like it more than the... You don't get as much lower back discomfort as when you're doing, for example, Yates rows or bent-over rows with barbells. Um, because, you know, like, you're having to work your lower back a lot because you're like holding yourself 
uh, in that position. But with cable rows, you're sitting down. Everything's fine. And then I had a runner-up. <laughs> my runner-up. So technically, I had five exercises. Yeah, but... You only told me to bring three. <laughs> I cheated. You're just trying to make me look like a bum. <laughs> um, overhead tricep extension with a heavy dumbbell. That's the freedom press. Is that the freedom press? Yeah. Well, that's what I call it. With a with a barbell, it's a freedom press. Oh, Most okay. people call it French press, but I hate the French, so I call it the freedom press because I love America. I respect that. Um, Thank you. So, yeah, sort of similar, uh, but I like it. The reason I like it so much with the dumbbell is that your your hands are closer together. The And you can also do a lot of weight because the, the weight is all in your hands, and it's hard to to overload your triceps and the most important part of this movement is going to be the stretch at the bottom so your the long head of your tricep is going to be ridiculously stretched out at the bottom of the extension and then at the top you're getting that squeeze so that's why i think and like triceps are obviously amazing as you described earlier because like from the side when you see that really big tricep you know that's dope it's lit so, and it is, you know, tricep makes up two thirds of your arm, all that kind of thing. So what is it? It's two thirds of your arm. Yeah. That's what I've heard. I don't know if people are just making that up. I'd say like, yeah, I feel like forearm just plays a bigger role than that. Though. Well, no, no. They're saying in comparison, like bicep would be one third and then tricep would be so upper arm. Okay. So upper arm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because yeah, forearms account for a lot because they're, you know. And it's so useful to have strong forearms, too. If you can grip it, you can lift it. That's true. Yeah. Not really. It is. It's 100% uh, true. What? Eric Bugenhagen sure said it. Uh, well, if, if Mr. Boog said it, then it's true. There you go. I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> so we can talk a little bit more about these YouTube fitness personalities. So you like Kino Body. Yes. I've never watched him. Oh my gosh! Sell, sell that, sell that to me. All right. Like, so you're, your boy, you're an advertiser. Your boy Greg to me. Uh, is filthy rich. He lives in a mansion. He calls himself okay. uh, the real Bruce Wayne. All right. And I'm mad. <laughs> he drives all these really nice cars. He goes out to eat all the time. Okay. So here's the thing. What he his little meme is intermittent fasting. So. Some of you have probably heard of this by now because he's made it very popular. It's not just him, obviously, but he's the one that sort of pioneered it. Um, so you literally fast throughout the day. You drink a cup of coffee in the morning to sort of satiate your hunger. And then um, you eat two big meals at the end of the day. So most of the time that's just like a small meal and then one big meal. So that's what the two meals are because you don't eat two gigantic meals. Um, so he goes out to eat a ton. You can eat as many calories as you, well, you can eat a ton of calories. Like you can fill your stomach literally to, to bursting and you will still lose weight because you're limiting how frequently you eat. A lot of people who have trouble with their weight eat frequently. And that's the problem is that they're constantly snacking. They're throwing food back, throwing soda back as well, which is probably one of the worst things you can do because it's just empty calories. I haven't had a soda so in so terrible for you. almost two years now. 
Uh. I love soda so much. <laughs> it's so it's so bad for me too. It's such a bad habit. Yeah. I've actually I've been the past three weeks, I believe, I haven't had a single soda, which is That's good. really good for me. Yeah. And I just all I want to do is keep it going. Yeah. So But boy, <laughs> boy do I want to get a Coke. <laughs> That's all I think. Like I eat dinner now and I'm just like, God, I want a Coke I so know. bad. <laughs> so that it it like it helps you to reduce the amount of calories that you eat, but also get right. in a lot of protein and you can, it's more relaxed than most diets are. So that's his appeal. He also is a big proponent of upper chest exercises. Um, his, his main exercises are the weighted pull up, the incline bench press, and the, what's the other one? It's the, oh, I think it's overhead press is another one that he really likes. So he likes incline bench press. Yes, he does. Yeah, I think I'm starting to like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we have a lot of these fitness uh, YouTubers. One of them, a really good one, is Jeff Nippard. So have you heard of him? I have not. Okay. But it sounds really dangerous to say his last name <laughs> too quickly. <laughs> well, he's a really cool guy, and he something I like about him is that he focuses on the science, which is really hard to do because, unfortunately, in lifting and muscle-gaining processes, we're not getting a lot of research. And that's understandable. There are much more important things in the world to be studying yeah. than how to get jacked. But we Curing have... cancer can wait. <laughs> I need to figure out how to put a tumor in my biceps pronto. <laughs> so he, he'll cite studies from um, the notable Brad Schoenfeld. So he has written 12 books, released probably 150 research papers. Um, so he's done yeah. a lot of studies into lifting and so the the complaint that most people have with brad is that uh the, the studies that he does are mostly on untrained individuals which can be a, a little risky because your body does change uh the way it reacts to lifting over time you know you're not going to be gaining the same amount of mass your first month as you are after 10 years of lifting you know right there's a there's this huge uh upspurt in the middle like you know like right when you actually at the beginning right when you get started and you're just gaining mass you know you're you're feeling big and then it sort of tapers off and it sort of goes at the slightest incline ever you know from then on and so it's a little bit frustrating for more experienced lifters who have to go through that um so we're constantly finding you know i've YouTubers like Alpha Destiny are constantly trying to find ways to break past this point. Eric Bugenhagen, we've mentioned him multiple times, is doing the same thing. These are guys that have been lifting for, you know, 8 to 15 years. Uh, they're trying to find ways to break past this, this point. And so, but this is the unfortunate part when we have sort of bro science coming in. You know, a lot of people will say things like, you know, oh, you need to do this ridiculous thing in order to break past the your genetic limit you know all that kind of thing um so that's where some misinformation could come in and also the the point when newer lifters are coming in for example uh alpha destiny is a youtuber who uh is a proponent of like working out the traps working out your rear delts you know shoulders and back and glutes things like that he has you go through these youtubers and they all have like specific muscle groups that they favor and for someone who's new this is what i did when i saw these people i was like 
dang, so I need to train these muscle groups and then I'll be big. And unfortunately, along the way, you end up neglecting a lot of muscles that you should be training. And exactly. So, you know, that's something I should have realized myself that, you know, I should have said, well, these guys are really experienced. They're just trying to like break past the the top of the, you know, their peak of their muscles. But I'm, you know, I didn't realize that at the time. So I would train very specifically. And that's not a good thing. When you're first starting out, you should be doing the squat bench and the deadlift. You know, don't, you know, don't listen to me and do weighted pull-ups and decline bench and all, and, you know, cable rows as your main movement, which while those are good exercises, I think you should 100% start with the basics, overhead press, squat, bench, deadlift, you know, and you should train learn your the arms fundamentals well. yeah. before you learn the advanced stuff. Exactly. Like you need to have that base. You need to have a strong base before you start thinking about, hey, I want the biggest shoulders and lats in the universe, which is the way I started. And I don't think that's a good you know, way to start because now I have a lot of imbalances in my physique that I'm trying to round out. What we're talking about, like these YouTube fitness guys, that brings up one of the, the last points that I had thought about when it comes to why weightlifting is popular. And that's kind of like a perceived, not only a perceived increase in status, but also a perceived increase in fame. If you're True. really big or really, really toned and your physique is great, low body fat percent, good proportions, or you're a girl with a really nice butt, you can get, uh, I get it. You can get really famous. I mean, I do the same thing. You can yeah. get really famous. Yeah, you on can, Instagram and on YouTube as well. Because that's what people want off yeah. of those websites. They want to look like you and they want to be like you. Yeah. And it's a very attractive thing. Like the the idea of being admired. That's right. a very attractive thing. That's yeah. a really big like meme within the lifting and fitness community. You Myron dog? Are you Myron? Right. And you got you got different avenues through which to achieve this. Like you've got like the really basic one, it's Instagram. Yes. You post a picture of yourself. If people like it, they'll do so. If you're looking good, they might comment. Yeah, and they might get you might get shared. Uh, if you're if you're Steffi Cohen, I might drool over you. Uh, and it is nice, like the idea that people like the way you look and they admire uh, the way you look. And it is yeah. nice that like people who really know how hard it is to get big and to achieve these feats of strength. If you're a power lifter and you just deadlifted 800 pounds, people will know how hard that is and they will respect you a lot for it. Right. And you will get a little bit, you might get a little bit famous. People might recognize you on the street. People might find it hard not to recognize you on the street if you're that big, but. <laughs> I do have an issue with that though, because what this leads to is a perceived, um, heightened knowledge that these people have. So we look at these people, we're like, wow, you're massive. You must know everything about getting massive. And here's right. where we have problems is that, for example, my friend that I mentioned earlier, his advice to me was to do curls and go to Smoothie King. And so you have people like this that are getting bigger because they have really good genetics. Um, they're and just it's the really only factor. Big people in general. And... So, you know, they are working, but they're, they're 
strength and their muscle gain is just so much higher than a lot of other people's. And so we should, it's, it's hard to find who sh- you should listen to because maybe, you know, you do have a lot of girls that are on Instagram. These girls are also selling their programs. So they'll say, hey, do my program and you'll look like me. And a lot of guys do the same thing. They're like, hey, buy my program. But I don't think that's healthy. It's because we need to realize who has the knowledge that is backed by science. As I mentioned, Jeff Nippert is a really good one. Um, And who is sort of just spouting things because they look good and they think that they know a lot, you know? And that's the final trapping of fame. If you're a really hot girl or a really jacked dude, are you just going to post, throw up pictures of ins- on Instagram and get likes forever? I mean, maybe. But if you're doing, if you're dedicating so much time to that, why not go get this money? <laughs> I mean, why not? If you're Bradley Martin and you're a freak of nature and you're yeah. just huge and imposing, why not sell a shirt? Yeah. Why not sell a pre-workout? If you're going to invest this much time into it and you actually did a good job that people like you and pay attention to you, get this money. Go for it. Have you, I if agree. You go, it's a free market. The, go. Yeah. Free market. Let's do this. <laughs> Hit me up. I will market the shit out of you. <laughs> and if you look at th- people like uh, Mike Tornabeni, also known as Dom Mazzetti, Bro Science Life, if you look at Bradley Martin, known as Bradley Martin. You look at their... Bradley Martin has a real-life gym. He opened up an actual brick-and-mortar business. He's a small business owner. Yeah, Why? and he sells merch because, on the daily. Because he railed test and lifted heavy weight <laughs> until people loved him so much they watched his stuff. So he bought a place in California where property and taxes are super-duper high and mm-hmm. opened up a gym. A really, really nice gym. It is nice. Really nice gym with great equipment. Yeah. And how did Bradley do that? I mean, he's a nice guy. And he's huge. And yeah. he's a nice guy. And he and Dom, they make a good pair. Right. Dom made a living. Made a killing. If you see his cars. <laughs> the cars that he drives. <laughs> he made a killing off of being sort of big and really funny. Bro Science yeah. Life was one of the biggest things that I attribute to me actually getting into the gym because I thought the character Dom Mazzetti was hilarious. Yeah. And I thought it would be fun to be bigger like him and spout off this nonsense, this nonsense. <laughs> and then people would laugh. Yeah. And like Chris said, if you're bigger, people laugh at you more. Yeah. Because fucking it's, see what happens if you don't laugh, you better. He, <laughs> he was every, like a lot of people's introduction to lifting and it was done through humor. Uh, I should post a link to his stuff as well in the description. Uh, if you've never heard of him before, you need to go check him out. Because what are he is you hilarious. even doing? Yeah, exactly. What are you even doing, bro? <laughs> go to dommerch.com. <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for the podcast. Yeah. New podcast every... <laughs> Let's talk some merch. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the jokes, Dom Mazzetti, like he has this whole thing going where he goes, new videos every week, and then he lies about it because he's yeah. never posted videos every week a day in his life. But <laughs> Just he actually, like we he, don't do that with podcasts. Yeah, but <laughs> he does the one thing we don't do, and that's put out good content. That's true, and he has a following, so he's already ahead of us. 
he's got a huge following. He has yeah. one of the most or he has one of the biggest, most organically grown followings on YouTube. And he doesn't yeah. just mindlessly follow trends. You'll, I see a bunch of YouTubers that they post some dumb clickbait video with some 20 minute vlog and a bunch of 12 year olds like it. They hawk some merch, they sell some dumb clothes and then it's over. But Dom is Eddie releases actual written scripted comedic videos. It's act- yeah. and they're quality. They'll mm-hmm. actually make you laugh. Yeah. They're surprisingly Bradley good. Bradley Martin is his partner on the bros versus thing. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it will shock you how high of quality <laughs> It really will. It will shock you high how how high of quality they can get, and you can see it in their day to day lives. Because what does Bradley Martin do if not work hard all of the time? Right. If you're gonna get that big and maintain that kind of size, he's probably in the gym at least three or four hours every single yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And those three or four hours that he's in there, he's not fucking around. He's picking up things that are heavy. Right. The rest of the really time he's heavy. eating and sleeping. That's actually one of the hardest things, in my yeah. opinion, is the eating. Yeah, like you can it's, lift. It's not the sleeping as much. It's yeah. the eating. Eating's hard. Like when you're a skinny guy, that's hard to do. It's it's really difficult because it's not, you don't, you start to just not enjoy eating. I yeah. remember when I was a freshman in college and I wanted to be as big as Chris. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I got to go eat. Let's do this. Let's go to the cafeteria. And I get these two plates of food. I'd be like done with one it's like wait i have to do that again i don't want to do that if you you start to see food in a different way i started to see food as less of an enjoyable pastime yeah which i guess is sad i don't see it that way anymore but now i see it in a more pragmatic way when i Mm -hmm. eat food i kind of have this thought to myself is like okay what can this food really do for me do i want to eat a whole bunch of carbs and potato chips and have this big jimmy john sandwich or do i want to get some rice maybe cook a chicken breast and have this broccoli that i have in this fridge and it's less enjoyable overall but i do feel a lot better Mm -hmm. and it is a much more pragmatic way to eat actually thinking about you know what can this food do for me can i make my diet uh work for me yeah i don't want to work for the money i want the money to work for me Mm mm-hmm well, there you go. I think we, we covered a lot today. So um, Now's the part where Dom comes in and <laughs> we do the sick <laughs> ad. <laughs> yeah, so uh, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, please New videos <laughs> every... I don't have a bit for this. Chris, take it. Um, every time you follow us on SoundCloud. Yeah, follow so, my so, Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash devmanwalking. That's uh, twitch.tv slash okay, devmanwalking. Okay, okay, but I also stream melee mountain, net play mountain every meditation SoundCloud. That's, that's what yeah, you that should too. be following But, make sure, but really make sure you follow twitch.tv slash devmanwalking. <laughs> I think that's they got D-E-V. it now. That's <laughs> D-E-V. I right. stream every single day that I don't go to a tournament. I'm ending this. <laughs>